Good morning. How's everybody? As you can tell, something is wrong with my voice, but that's okay. We had uh, four games yesterday in lacrosse for the boys. Um, and if you don't know this about your pastor, I'm the, uh, I'm the pump man. I'm the guy that gets the team going. And I learned something about my pregame speeches, that they're funny because they laugh. They're somewhat scary and they don't motivate them. That's coming from my boys, so I don't really take that too much. But here's, so the awesome thing is that we had a, a tournament yesterday, and they went 3-0 and leading up to the championship, and then the last game, they went into overtime, and they lost by one sudden death, three-on-three. Uh, three three. So it was pretty cool to see that, just to see how they come, because normally this tournament, they get blown out in, and so it was great to, to be a part of that. Um, so that's where I was at yesterday, and as you can tell, I was, I was cheering my boys on, cheering our team on, and so we're paying the price today. So please forgive me as I sound hoarse today. But go to your Bible, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 today, and we're going to start in verse 1. Have you ever noticed something that I think a lot of times we have this miss? This improper view of who Jesus is or our God, let me just say this, this improper view of who God is. Anybody ever think that sometimes God is just too busy to hear us? Like he maybe not care about what we have to say or maybe doesn't, it just a lot of times we have something heavy on our hearts and just he doesn't have enough time for us or maybe in those moments where we feel insecure or maybe in those moments we... Uh, we just fail to remember that he is a loving God, a loving Father, and that we can go to him and, and whenever we need to. And, and this morning I was reminded of this as I was sitting, um, just reading up and making sure I was ready for today. I was reminded of this truth about our God. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading and, and Josh gets up early, he got up about 6.30, and he walks out and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, go back to bed. We had a long day yesterday. Go, you're, you're, you know, you need to go back to bed. And he goes, well, Dad, and he starts to come over. I say, hey, just want you to know Daddy's going to be reading. And so if you want to talk to Daddy, and Josh is my talker. If you want to get in a conversation with him, go grab Josh. He'll talk to you, and he'll talk to you forever. And so he likes to ask questions all this. And I said, hey, Daddy's not going to listen to you right now, and Daddy's not going to talk to you right now. So if you want to talk, go wake up your brother, and you can talk to him. And so Josh sitting there, and he goes, okay, Dad. And, he, and I wasn't that mean, but I just say, hey, Daddy's going to be reading, so I'm not going to be able to talk. So he goes back to his room, and he gets back in bed, and all of a sudden, no less than five minutes later, because five minutes to a little kid is like forever, and so he comes out, and he, and he climbs up right next to me, and with no regard to what I just said, just starts talking to me. And God said, remember that this is how I am with you, that when you need to talk to me, I listen, that when you need to come to me and you need to, to have a conversation with me, that I'm right there waiting for you. Chad, put your Bible down and listen to your son. And so I sat there and I was listening to Josh and he was talking about all, he had all these questions and, and all these other things. He started just talking to me. And in that moment I said, you know what, God, thank you that you're a father that listens to me regardless of my view of how busy you are or how busy life is, is that you're still there and present to listen to us. 
And here's, what, here, here's the thing I want us to understand about God and, and this whole idea as we get into this piece about his glory and reflecting his glory. That we have a God that no matter what's going on in our lives and no matter what we're doing or what we're going through, he is there to hear us. He is always present, always near to hear what we have to say. And because of that, we can go to him with anything and everything. And, and this is the thing that we need to remember. That because we belong to him, because we belong to him, that there's sometimes we need to put down what we think is important and then listen to those people around us. We need to put down the things that we think are important and we need to take time simply to listen. Today we're talking about this, this peace in us that when we reflect God's glory, a lot of what comes out of us, our attitude, our demeanor, uh, who we are, what comes out of us has the potential, the opportunity to reflect his glory in, in this world. And as I think about this morning, I think about what took place is I had an opportunity to either reflect, get away from me, boy, or draw close to me. We have an opportunity with our attitudes and our demeanors throughout all of our lives to either say, get away from me, you're not worth my time, or you know what, I can make time for you and put, our, put down what we think is important and allow people to engage with us. And that's what God's calling us to do. See, we live in this world where they're constantly told that their people are not worth our time, they're not worth our energy, and if you don't believe me, hear me out. How many times when we're busy, we blow off the people most important to us? When we're busy and overwhelmed with life, how many times do we blow off the people that are most important to us? Because we have so many important things to do that we cannot take a few minutes to sit with them, to hear them, to talk with them, to encourage them. See, our attitude, what comes out of us, what, 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 gets, what gets shown out of our lives says so much about the God we belong to. And we get to see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We get to see this piece that God says, listen, we need to be about reflecting his glory. And the way it's reflected is, last week we talked about this, by the way his glory is reflected in this world. In other words, his holiness is made, um, appeared, is, is made, shown into this world is done through his children, done through us, as we live out this life for him. It reflects into this world like a mirror. So what people see in us, what people see out of us, has the potential to reflect his glory in this world. And so as we look at this, we get to see this piece in 2 Corinthians, and it says this, 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy... We do not lose heart, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, 
who said, Let light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now let's unpack this. Paul's sitting here and he's having to constantly go back and defend his ministry. He has to constantly go back because there's people that are telling him that his ministry was worthless, that his ministry didn't matter, that his ministry had faults. And in this passage we see, in this, this whole part of 2 Corinthians, we see that he's having to go back and defend what he has done and what he's poured his heart into. And so he writes this letter back to the church of Corinth to let them know that this is what my ministry is about. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me that I belong to God and that my ministry was from God, watch how God's glory is shown through the people that belong to him. Did y'all catch that? Paul didn't say, hey, look at my life. Look at what I did. Paul said, look at the people that have been impacted by God and whose lives have been transformed. And by that, the glory of the Lord is shown into this world. See, we look at a pastor, we look at a man as the ultimate, or not a man, but a, as an individual, as the ultimate piece of the one that's doing it all. But the reality of it is this. Is God's love, God's light, God's glory, his holiness is shown and people get this a glimpse of who he is by the way people's lives are transformed. By the way your life's transformed. By the way God's continuing to transform his life. And I love this because Paul didn't say, hey, look at all the great stuff I did. He didn't. He gets to this point in 2 Corinthians and he starts talking through this piece and he goes, stop looking at me as the evidence of what I've done and whether it's good or bad and start looking at the people that have been transformed. And I love this because Paul wasn't this arrogant individual that said, I gotta be noticed and you gotta notice me. Stop doing that and start looking at the people who God is transforming and watch how his glory is shown, God's glory is shown into this world. And it's amazing to me and we get to this point where we just talked about last week, we ended with this piece where we, where we heard about the, the fact that we, as we reflect God's glory as a mirror, like the image of what we reflect has to be God's glory. And it's done because my life is transformed, because your life is transformed. And in all of this, he says this, as we're leading up to this piece He's talking about the new covenant, this piece that says it's not about the rules that we follow, it's about the relationship that we have because of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that we get because of what Jesus did. And it's because of that piece that we need to respond to Jesus and Jesus alone. And in order for that to happen, and as we respond, our lives are transformed into something new. And because of that, his glory is shown into this world. And it's amazing when this takes place. And we get to this point where he says this. Therefore, he goes, therefore, since we have this ministry, in other words, this ministry of showing what a transformed life looks like. That is the ministry that we have. To show what this new covenant peace is. To show what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. To show what this new life that the scriptures talk about. To show what this new life could really look like. We have this ministry, this opportunity to show the world what that looks like. And see, we make it complicated. 
We make it more complicated than what it is. It's not complicated. It's not. See, we think we got to defend who God is and we got to defend what Jesus did. We don't have to defend him. Do we realize that all we have to do is allow him to transform our lives? That's the complicated part. But if we just submit, if we humbly go before him, and as the song we just said, allow him to gracefully break us so that he can fix us, he can mold us, he can transform our lives into who he wants us to be, that out of that, this new life comes. This new life comes. And he says this, therefore, since we have this ministry, this opportunity to show people the same mercy that we received, this mercy that that we don't deserve, this mercy that does not belong to us, that is purely given to us from God himself, we have this opportunity to show people what that is, that it's not a bunch of rules and regulations and things we have to follow. But it's about a relationship that we can lean into and allow, to, allow it to transform our lives. That's the ministry that we are talking about. And he goes on, he says this in this last part. He says, we do not lose heart. Here's my question for us today. How many of us We get going in our walk with Jesus. And we're hitting mountaintops and we're climbing that mountain and we're on fire and we're loving what he's doing and and we're just going after it and we're drawing near to him. He's speaking to us and it's like we're hitting on all cylinders. We see life change in our lives. We see good things going on in our marriage. We see good things going on in our job. We see good things going on in our life. And we're just in a great spot. And we're like, God, Jesus is really walking with me, and he's really close to me right now. And and this is just awesome. And we get to this point where we just sit there, and all of a sudden, something, something we don't like happens. Something we don't care for, something we didn't expect, something we didn't plan happens in our lives. And what's the first thing a lot of times we do? We start talking about giving up. Maybe not talking about it, we start thinking about it. And we say, you know what? It's just too hard. It's too complicated. I'm not getting everything that I need to get from this. This wasn't what I expected. Things aren't going the way I want them to go. There's too many things that are getting in the way, and we start making these excuses. So we start talking to ourselves, and the next thing we know, we're talking our way into losing heart for the ministry that God set before us. We get frustrated, and we're at that brink of saying, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. And see, God's got a new way of us living. See, when we start taking on this new way of living, We start taking on this new way of doing things that he's talking about, living in his mercy, being transformed by him. This new life that he has for us, that's a relationship with him. And we start dwelling in the fact that we have a mercy given to us that we receive, this peace that he loves us no matter what. It's unconditional. 
That is, his love for me is not based on how good I am that day or how well I perform that day or whatever it is. That, that's not his love for me is not dependent on me. His love for me is dependent on him and his holiness and his perfection of who he is. And because of that, because of what Jesus did and the mercy that I get from that, I can start living out this new life. And so when things get hard and things get difficult and they get complicated and I get frustrated, guess what? I don't have to give up anymore. I don't have to quit. I can step through the frustration. I can step through the complication of everything and just trust him. Just continue to trust him because he's got me. It goes on in Galatians, and there's this passage in Galatians 6, 9. It says this, let us not lose heart in doing good. If you get anything out of today, this is where it's at. This is the attitude that I want us to have. Because this attitude right here can be transformational and God's glory being shown in this world. It's an attitude. It's a demeanor about us. It's this determination about us. That no matter what goes on, how tired I am, how complicated, let us not lose heart in doing and doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow you can even add in there, if we do not give up. Do you know a lot of times, here's, what's, here's what happens. I get so weary and I get so tired that my next step is I quit. I say it's not worth it. And so, and we have this attitude in this day and age that things are just easier to quit. Like if, if I don't want to do it, I can just quit. And just stop. I see it in my own kids. They're out there in the hot sun yesterday. And my little one, who's not getting a lot of playing time, he goes, Daddy, do I have to be out here? Son, we're a Ricks. And we don't quit. We don't. Sweat, sweat can be wiped away. You'll get back into the AC car in a minute. But we don't quit. See, I used to think that was something my dad ingrained in me because he was my dad. But the more and more I read scripture, the more and more I hear that's what the Father says to each of us. Is that we don't quit. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And I, I think a lot of times the, the problem is, is this, is we try to justify why we give up, or we try to justify why we can just stop doing what he's called us to do. And here's what is so interesting is, do you know that majority of us, when we are weary, that is the place where God can actually use us? And speak to us and start to transform our lives to bring us into this new way of living. 
Because if I'm energized and if I've got all this energy and if I, if I know what I'm doing and all these other things that go into my life, then I start taking things on and I keep piling it on and I keep doing it myself and he keeps telling me, Chad, stop. Let me do something. Just stop. And so what he lets me do is he lets me run with it and take it all on my own and then he says, all right, are you tired yet? Are you done yet? Yeah, I'm tired. He goes, I got this. I would have had you from the beginning if you'd stop being an idiot and trust in me. But you wanted to bring yourself to an exhaustion, and that's fine, because I'm going to build you back up, but you're going to go off my strength now. A new way of living. We have this peace in us. We have this attitude that we need to go into this peace with, that we don't lose heart, that we don't give up, that we don't throw in the towel, but we continue to, to have this attitude of we won't quit. When we think about this piece of, of, of not quitting, here's something we need to stand on is this, his truth. See, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 2, he, reads, he says this, but we have renounced the hidden things, or the things hidden, because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, as we look at this scripture, as we, we talk about this piece of truth, here's what's interesting. When you commit yourself to, to living in the truth, here's what happens. That shame we hold on to, the things we want to hide, the things that we don't want people to see, this people, this thing that we're afraid of everyone seeing us, that, that one piece that we're like, you know what, if I can just keep this hidden, then nobody really sees what's going on. But God's truth says this, that, that when his truth, when it's manifest, in other words, when his truth comes out of us, that that shame we hold on to, that peace that says I am, I'm no good, that peace that says I'm broken, that peace that says that, that I can't do anything, that shame peace that, that I, I start to define myself by, that he says that's not where it's at. But we have to allow this, his truth, to manifest itself out of us. See, here's what was happening this day and why Paul was addressing this. He was talking, he was dealing with a lot of people that were starting to twist God's word. They were trying to make God's word sound what they wanted to do. Why? So that they can manipulate people. So that they can get them to do what they want. So they can get them to follow them. So they can do all these things to get them off of the truth of God. And in this piece, it's so interesting because this is the piece that so many of us can fall into trap to in today's world. We stop standing on God's truth. We stop standing on his truth living in us so that it manifests, so that it comes out of us so that the world can see it. So that the world can see what he's truly about. And here's how it looks. Let me read this real quick. 1 John 1.6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Let's define darkness. What does it mean to walk in darkness? How about this? To walk in darkness could mean you're walking defeated. 
You walk around with a defeated attitude. Like you've been, like you're, like he doesn't love you. Life's too much. Darkness could mean this. That we walk around and we allow our sin to define us. Or we walk in condemnation. That I'm not forgiven. I walk in lies. The lies that people tell me. The lies that I tell myself. Walking in darkness could be this. I walk in hate and hate people around me. It could be this for some of us today. It could be that, that I walk around and I believe that I'm trapped and I can't get out of the circumstances I'm in. See, this darkness piece, we got to define that. We got to point to it and say, this is what it looks like. And so many times we see in the church, in the church we see this. Forget the world out there. In the church, we see people that walk around defeated. Do you realize that it's already been won? The victory is already yours. You just have to walk it out. And yet in darkness, we see this over and over again, over and over again that we walk around defeated. Guys, you're not defeated. We walk around in our sin because we don't want to deal with it. We walk around in being critical. We walk around in all these pieces that we allow, we think to define us, this idea of being condemned, that we're no good, that we are not, we're not saved, that we're not going to get forgiveness. We walk around in the lies that we believe. And these lies, they penetrate our lives and they take us out. And when we live in those lies that we hear, and I believe one of the biggest lies that we believe is this, is that we're not good and we're not worthy of his love. He wouldn't have created you if he didn't love you. He wouldn't have sent his son Jesus here if he didn't love you. So maybe the lie that we're unlovable needs to be put off to the side. He goes on to say this. So if we say that we have fellowship with him, let's just remove the fellowship piece and just put in, if we say we have a relationship with him, because in fellowship has everything to do with relationship. It means belonging to one another doing life together. If we say that we have fellowship with him, in other words, if I'm in fellowship him, with him, and yet I walk around in the darkness, I'm a liar. That's not what he meant for me. That's not what he has for my life. And do not practice the truth. Let's define the truth. The truth is this. The truth is that you are a new creation. That you are a new creation that he loves. That you have freedom in him. That you no longer have to be trapped. That he has set you free from that sin you're caught in. And all you need to do is confess it and put the light on it and walk out what he has for you. The truth is this, is that he has a purpose for your life, and that purpose is to reflect his glory and to belong to him. The truth is this, is that his word is true, and when I allow his word to speak truth into me and I allow his promises to be real in my life, then something different happens. When I start claiming his promises in my life, that I am a new creation, that he died to set me free. When I start living out these promises over and over again, then I practice his truth. 
His truth is always this, also this, is that in his truth, I have a real relationship with him, and I'm no longer bound by rules and regulations that everyone wants to put on me. He has set me free from that. And the only thing I need to concern myself with this is this, is I'm loving him with all that I am, and I'm loving the people around me. And when I live that out, something amazing happens. And that's called living in the truth. Here's the next best part. The truth is this. When I walk in his truth, I walk forgiven. I walk forgiven. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 4 says this. And even our gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. See this attitude of being forgiven. Of this attitude of forgiveness peace. When we talk about the gospel, we, a lot of us know that the gospel means what? The good news. The good news of what Jesus did. That he came, that he lived, he died, and he rose again. That's the good news. But do you know what that means? That because of what he did, because he came, because he died, and because he rose again, that means that I am forgiven. The good news that I need to start holding on to is that I am forgiven of all the stuff that holds me down. That I am forgiven of all the times that I make mistakes. That I am forgiven because I belong to him. That I am forgiven. And I think a lot of times, myself included, we walk around in this state of that I'm unforgiven when in reality I live, I live for a God who has forgiven me. And the gospel piece that we need to let people see is that we're no longer living in unforgiveness, but we're living in forgiveness. And we're set free because of that forgiveness. And when we live in forgiveness, in this new life of forgiveness, his light gets to shine in this world. And so many times we walk around that, we're not, that we don't get forgiven, that we live in this unforgiveness. And guys, I see it all the time, and we can point to the person next to us. But how many times do we sit in the state of unforgiveness, and we let that hinder us, and we let that darkness set in on us so that his light does not shine out of us? And we need to start living unforgiven, or we need to start living forgiven in this world. And allow that peace to be our message. Allow that to be our attitude. Because when we live forgiven, something new comes out of us. Something new comes out of us and it's his glory that shines. And people get to see his light in this world. And people get to see how good our God is and how amazing and trustworthy are his promises because we live forgiven. And that's the good news that we have. That's why he died. And that's the gospel that we can claim. But so many times, so many times, we walk around 
in this darkness of unforgiveness. And the very thing he wants us to see, the very peace that he wants us to grab a hold of, is that we are forgiven. See, in 4 it says, in whose case the God of this world, let's just define the God of this world, it's Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel. See, Satan himself is the one that will tell you you're not forgivable. Satan himself will be the one that tells you that you need to walk around unforgiven. Satan is the very one that will convince you of the very lie that you hold on to, that you allow to define yourself, when yet we have a God who came and as a, as a man and gave his life for us so that we can be forgiven. And when that starts coming out of us, that veil that was once there is removed. And people start to see what a forgiven life looks like. They start to see what it means to live forgiven. And it starts with us. Acts 26, 18 says this. And this is the part in Acts. And, and, and if you read this passage, here's what I want you to understand. In this particular passage, this is the encounter that God, excuse me, that Jesus and Paul had. And Jesus is talking to Paul and he gets to this point and he says, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and for the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive what? Of sins. And an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. See, this is the ministry that Paul had. This is the piece that Paul, or that Paul was told, hey, here's what you're going to go do from Jesus himself. He was going to take Paul into the dark places where people are stuck, where people are at. And he says, I want this to, to take place, that they may turn, that we may turn from darkness, unforgiveness, to light. That we may, we may go from the dominion of Satan to God, that, we, that they may receive forgiveness. Guys, that's us. We may receive forgiveness of our sins. That is the good God that we have. And when we live in that, and we allow Jesus' words himself speak into our lives, that we can live forgiven. As we live forgiven, here's where our lives will center on. Our lives will center on Christ. See, an attitude of a Christ-centered life is this, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 to 6. It says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. See, if my life is totally self-centered and if my life is all about me and what Chad can get and what can Chad can do and all of this, then my life is centered on me. And in order for God's glory to be shown in this world, I have to go from Chad-centered to God-centered. I got to stop telling how good I am and start preaching about how good Christ is, how good our God is. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord. And ourselves as your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness is the one, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. 
See, when we allow his light to shine out of us, when we allow his light to penetrate our hearts and allow his light to shine out of the darkness that we're in, that we may be trapped in, when that happens, the knowledge of Jesus Christ starts happening in this world. People start to know who Jesus is. They start to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. If I cover that up, if I cover up how good our God is and that I am forgiven, then I keep it in darkness. If I open that up and I start letting people see how good God is and how he's transformed my life, his light comes out of that. And people start to know who Jesus is. And that's what we want. That's the whole point. Do people know who Jesus is? Do they come to the, his, the knowledge of who he is? Because we're letting his light shine out of us. Matthew 5.16 reads this. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The way we live our lives, the way we live our lives, our attitude, the way we approach life, the way we live in forgiveness, the way we allow this new life to be seen by everybody around us, all these different things that, that we can to choose to do, this, this new attitude, this new approach to life that we can take on. It's through that that this light comes out of us and is seen and God's glory fills this earth. And the knowledge of him becomes more and more. There's so many things in this world that can take us off track. There's so many things in this world we can get caught up in. We can get caught up in the way people treat us. We can get caught up in the way people say things to us. We can get caught up in, in whatever it is, our own thoughts, our own attitudes. But see, we have this God who says, listen, I have a ministry I want in your life. And this ministry that I want to, to have in your life is this, is that you reflect my glory and allow my light to shine out of your life into this dark world. And when that happens, people will come to know me. People will come to know me more and more. But the problem is this. When I live in a critical state and all I want to do is criticize and condemn everyone around me, Jesus isn't seen in that. When I want to walk around in unforgiveness for my past, Jesus isn't seen in that. When I want the shame of my past or even my present to reign in my life, Jesus isn't seen in that. But I, when I allow him to transform my life every day, every moment of my life, and I allow him to break me and mold me back into who he wants me to be, he's seen in that. When I make the choice to live forgiven rather than unforgiven, 
He's seen in that. When I make the choice to live in his truth that I am set free, he's seen in that. When I make the choice to love him with all that I am, he's seen in that. When he becomes my priority, he becomes my life. He becomes the very thing I'm focused on. He's seen in that. I wonder what people see in my life. I wonder what they see in your life. Is what we're reflecting his glory or is what we're reflecting the darkness that keeps us trapped? And the only one that can answer that is you. That's it. And all that can change it is by the choices you make. Victory is there. It's already been accomplished. He did it on the cross. He did it when he rose again on the third day. Victory, power over death, over everything, was was given to Jesus that very day. We no longer have to live that way. We just have to respond to it. Pray with me. Father God, we love you and we thank you.